And we are talking basketball here on the hoop ball. That's for you, Connor Sud. Sacramento Kings podcast. I'm going to keep getting that break longer and longer. Sam Comanti here with you alongside, as always, the incomparable, the all-knowing Jill Adge. Jill, another weekend uh, closer to the NBA basketball. Another day, actually. It's Monday, so we have basketball tomorrow. we got Kings on Wednesday. Yep. Over the weekend, we entertained ourselves with rosters being set around the league, including, of course, our Kings. More awesome defensive highlights that were shared by the Sacramento Kings social media team. And then just because I need to point it out, you're wearing a Sacramento Kings Summer League Champs shirt, a.k.a. the best shirt that's currently presently in existence for the Sacramento Kings. Yep. I need send to you good my... vibes into Send you good vibes into the start of the year. <laughs> yep, push them in, push them in. We, we should get a shirt now that says Summer League and in parentheses, and preseason champs because <laughs> right. uh, we cannot lose. So weekend news, though, we, we didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Again, it was mostly teams setting their rosters. The Kings, as you had said, Jill, I was a little bit more ambitious at the onset. Uh, no, no converting of two-way contracts to guaranteed contracts or no two-way guys being swapped out. Two-way guys are indeed Lewis King and the rookie Namias Keita. Emmanuel Terry was cut. He was the final officially the final cut to set the team to 15. They have a lot of big men. I mean, what do we think? I, I know we've known this was going to be the roster for a yeah, while. Do we um, feel good about I it? Know, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm okay, but Did I know something yeah, we in? wish there was some more, yeah. you know, spread out a little bit, obviously. But I also think that I wouldn't be shocked if that happens via trade during the season, the same way he addressed it last year with Terrence Davis and DeLon Wright. Like, I feel like as fans, we often just like totally think only moves can be made right, right. in, in the off season. Like there's a whole season of, of moves to be made. Now, if nothing, if nothing, no moves are made, right. And we suck. Well, obviously, yeah, that's a problem. But I also know that, they have a bunch of minimum and expiring, right? They have expiring contracts and they have a lot of minimums and non-guarantees. Plenty of trade bait there, you know, yeah. for people that are looking to dump salary and, and yes. Um, so in the sense that, yes, we're like roster heavy in certain spots, but they were also in positions that come the trade deadline last year. Those were the coveted, you know, positions that people were going after. So um, if that, comes to fruition again, then you at least have some pieces. Um, and it also makes it easier that if you do make a trade, right. If you make like a, you're sending a buddy and you take two back or something like that, and you need to cut a roster spot, the minimum deals are a lot easier to swallow cutting than someone who's getting multiple millions. Right. So again, I know it's not maybe the upgrades that, that people were hoping for myself included. Sure based on the talk, but I also know that it takes two to tango. Um, and we saw him try right. And, and, and moves, it just ended Several up not happening. Unfortunately, yeah. like every off season, there ends up being, um, a move that would be really good. That just ends up falling through. But, um, I mean, Russell Westbrook was the other name in that deal. So it's hard for me to blame Monty on that one. Yeah. Um, I, think Lakers, most, I guess most, well, not what I'm saying. Like, most teams would be taking Russell Westbrook over. Right, but yeah. Like of course, the Lakers right? need to back I mean, out of the Kings deal for Russell Westbrook, I mean, is my point, yeah. Um, the Kings it's the Kings had to wait for Trez to opt in. They, mm -hmm. 
and as soon as he opted in, the king said yes. Well, yeah. and at that point, then the wizards called. So, like, there were the. I've seen people say, well, why didn't the Kings get it done earlier? Well, they couldn't unless you had a guy opt in. And until he officially opt in, there was nothing you can do. And when they did, they said yes. And the Lakers said no. So again, it took, it took two to tango. So, um, but yeah, I, I see, I will be shocked if there's no moves made throughout the season. Um, especially depending on if it goes one way or the other, because, you know, if they start playing really well, then maybe you see him being even more aggressive, right? Right um than than standing pat so um yeah it's it it'll be interesting um but again i i can also under like i mentioned before i can understand the having the minimums at the end too because it makes it um easily flexible whether it be cutting or trading so yeah if they do if you you, you ask a, kind of a good question there if they do end up being solid in the beginning monty decides okay i'm gonna put more chips in the center of the table then you ask the question, you start to wonder, like, what do the Kings have in their disposal to offer? Because if you're doing well, realistically, you're not then trying to trade Barnes. Depends on who's in the rotation. Or Buddy. True. That's true. Bagley maybe probably be at the forefront if we're talking trade talks. And then I was you're just going to say, you have yeah. an expiring deal right there. You right? have an expiring For... deal because they didn't pick it up today. Um, <clears throat> and then you obviously have, like, the second-round picks. You have Woodard and you have Ramsey and you have your first-round pick or whatever. But mm-hmm. – the cover is not very deep in that sense. If you're trying to go all in, like you're not obviously going to get Ben Simmons on that type of trade. You're going to have to sell more to get someone like that, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the roster really lays itself out in these first couple weeks. Buddy looks and, good. And, well, and depending on how other teams do, we don't know what they even have to match at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's always guys that become available that people yeah. don't think will become available. Um, I don't, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I love Delon Wright, but I wasn't saying I was saying go get Delon Wright, but I didn't think it was going to happen. Right. I mean, I never thought they would get Terrence Davis, not totally shocking with, you know, the stuff that happened in Toronto. Um, But they were Toronto was super high on the kid, you know, uh, up until the off the court stuff. So again, think (laughs) things happen and you just don't, you kind of have to wait to, uh, to see it play out. But um, you know, my, Right. And it sucks because we're always, you know, the small market team that's left, you know, waiting. But unfortunately, when you're bad, that's what happens. Like no one's running to your door to try and sign with you. (laughs) Like, um, and, and we didn't overpay. So, you know, again, like in some of these deals that were signed today, I like some of them and others. I'm like, Oh, I'm happy we didn't do that. So, Oh goodness. um, Yeah. Well, we can talk about that a little bit too. Um, there's there's some crazy ones today you know but like like i just said to um on twitter off season's done extension deadlines are done our roster is set i'm praying like hell everybody with the king's jersey on succeeds yes no matter what i've said on here or what i think someone's gonna do we're only succeeding if the guys wearing these jerseys are succeeding so you know what um hope for the best (laughs) yeah and uh you know, I, I think prove one, us one, wrong. Prove us wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't prove us wrong. I feel, well, I think not. We're I both, mean, prove we're both most pretty of the people wrong. <laughs> yeah. Prove the naysayers and the outsiders. One thing that uh, Christina Warner said when she was on with us on Friday that stuck with me. They all, all of our guests, again, shout out to them, were excellent on Friday. But Christina made a good point that above all else, what she has loved that the Kings have done this offseason is add toughness and character and like grit to this team. That they yeah. have absolutely, without question, ask any Kings fan. She obviously mentioned the. Chemezi Metu incident, they've lacked that for so long. They've lacked that character. So it's really awesome to see that this team, this final set roster, 
has plenty of those guys. And then obviously Doug Christie on the bench as an enforcer himself, as a coach. That is something to be looking towards and excited about and pumped about going into the season because they're, they're, they're tough dudes on this team. There are some bad mofos on this roster. And Tristan Thompson takes the cake right now as that guy at the forefront highlights galore on, on, on Twitter, on social media, including the one that I had you know, referenced in the beginning over the weekend, where it was the defensive stand where Fox was on Mitchell. They tried to get in the paint. Tristan Thompson blocked the shot, got all fired up. Everything about that video that I know every Kings fan has watched at this point gives you hope for the year, at least on the defensive end, because it shows you these guys are buying in to playing defense. And Tristan Thompson is the man you thank for that, at least right now, because he is for sure telling these guys to give a fuck. Like, you got to care. And it's showing. So Tristan Thompson, I mean, we, we, we've talked about him, but I don't know if we've given him enough love, honestly, Jill. He hasn't done anything yet in regular season, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a, a poll going him. around today, um, you know, about Gracie. She's choking on her him. bone over here. She's choking on her bone back here. Oh, okay. Um, no, it was like, do you feel positive? Mm-hmm. Like regarding Tristan, do you feel positive, neutral, like still waiting to see kind of thing? Um, uh, and I said neutral, neutral because I said, I feel better than I did when the trade happened. Right. So sure. that I've, I've had progress. But at the end of the day, like I love everything is he's bringing, but I'm still neutral because I I want to see it translate in regular season, like and on the court. Like I I love the messages and I love all you know to me like everything that they're preaching right now. But if it doesn't translate onto the court at the end of the day, right? Like we're back to <laughs> we're back we're to where one. we were. So yeah, um, I'm neutral in the fact that. Right. I'm, I'm progressing and all, I will, you know, be super positive um, if it actually, you know, translate on the court. But like for most of the players right now, it's like just prove it. Right. We've been hearing everything. Um, we're hearing everything that we could possibly want to hear. Now it's time for these guys to, um, you know, to, to actually prove it on the court. Um uh- the narrative was clear that they wanted to get out. It seems that they wanted to show that they were yeah. buying in, that they were being tougher. Mm-hmm. That narrative has been sold very well to us. Yeah. That these guys are caring about defense and are you know, like dedicated to improving that aspect of the team. That was so ghastly. Well, and it said year. their team goal is, is top 15, top 15 which yes. is even more than I asked for. I said top, top 20 is good for me. Yeah. Cause they hadn't even been top 20 in the last 16 years. So, That's I mean, insane. if they can be that top so 15, insane. like that would be a hell of a turnaround. If you could go from, you know, 30th, 30th like, yeah. and one of the second worst team in history to, um, to 15. But like, like we said, there's been teams that have done it that no one was expecting it. The Knicks um, last year, a great example. I don't know if they, what the rating was I mean, exactly and, went to. And, and it's not totally su- surprising based on the coach they hired, uh, exactly. but you still needed guys to buy in, right? Like mm-hmm. a coach can't go out there and do it for you. You still no. need guys to Everybody buy into the system. Can't. So, um, if, if these guys really have bought into what's what's being sold by the new, you know, the new coaches and um, and that they're, uh, you know, going to prioritize that end of the four, um, then then, hey, that's we're here for it. <laughs> the uh, the guys on the G League, now that we kind of know who, who they're going to be excluding the two-way players because we obviously know who those guys are and we have a feel for what we can kind of expect early on. 
but like Emmanuel Terry who got cut or um, DJ Stewart, or I don't, I, you, you might know more of the guys. Matt Coleman, I think is on the G league roster. They've, they've started to fill out the Stockton Kings team. Are there any guys on that team that you would like to see playing on, on the big court for the Kings later in the year? Some, some people that intrigue you, someone that uh, knows as much as you do. The only one I want to see out there is King. Honestly, okay. like I want to see his contract for it because to me, if we're, if the Kings are successful this year, then you're not going to be bringing anybody from. That's a good point. The, the G League. Oh, injuries the G League up. I mean, yes, but you're you're asking a lot of guys that have True. not, you know, True. done. No you offense. Find gems that, in the G that, League, though. Where there's something to be said for using those like those last roster spots for proven bets because when got last year when guys go down like you need legitimate people on your bench to do it and we had no depth last year this year we have some depth but that was kind of my thing with with woodard right now like if if we if i don't even want to put it out there in the world but um if you have injuries in certain positions because we are top you know heavy in certain areas that leaves a lot to put on Robert Woodard, right? If yeah. he's asked to to fill that role, and he was having trouble in summer league, so like it's, I I mean that's the yeah, didn't look you know that's um you know and maybe he'll prove us wrong if if time comes if need be, but that's that's my thing where I I get wanting to have developmental guys, but on a team that's trying to turn it around, I think you still can only have so many guys that you're that you're looking at. And as a bad team, we've had to look at a lot of these guys that haven't proven anything to be saviors, which is just not reasonable in the West. Trying to compete. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to speak of the West. We're going to shift to giving some of our very base level predictions about how this season will play out for the West, the East um, rookie of the year, things like that. We'll, we'll hit on that in a minute, but before we get to that, we want to share our favorite story or storyline, I guess you could say, of this preseason. We had four games in a good, intense, it seemed, training camp. So, Jill, what was your favorite story, storyline, thing that got out of camp that you enjoyed the most from these past couple of weeks of expedition preseason games? Um, I think probably the best thing so far is just – what um uh Davion Mitchell's been able to to show and and bring out it's you know it's I know we haven't seen the regular um you know regular season game but between summer league and preseason we're seeing especially with that that bench unit you know when he's on that he's he's holding his own and that's that's all I can ask for at this point and uh um I'm excited just to see what the kid does but uh, I, I think so far him proving to be what, you know, people that know him have said that he will be right. um, to me, that's probably the most exciting thing just because of how many doubts some people had, um, you know, and, and we'll still have to see it, but I mean, dude, guy was holding his own against LeBron out there. <laughs> this game. Oh, I like, know. I don't, I mean, you can't have much more what of a difference? test than that. Because the, I mean, the Lakers weren't playing like it was preseason. They were very much out there, you know, working it to get ready for game one. So, um, yeah, I think my favorite part so far is just seeing, um, yeah, 
a Halliburton still being the same, you know, same dude Halliburton in uh, in year two, and then um, just the the grit and uh, the presence on the court that Mitchell has been able to bring so far. Yeah, Davion's definitely dialed in, and he's so far lived up to everything, and then some. I think more so, and to me, then some. Then some. Yeah, yeah, we haven't absolutely. even seen the regular season, but it's more than I, you know. He's definitely set the bar yeah. very high. Then, then um, the draft, I mean, and yes. And that's where I worry for the kid too, but um, he's exceeded all my expectations so far. The narrative shifted very quickly from what the hell are we doing? Why did we just take another guard to, I'm so glad we have Davion Mitchell. No, I will not give you him for Ben Simmons. Piss off. <laughs> it's That's just funny how Kings fans will shift. And off night is like the, oh, you know, the, yeah, the slogan trendy. of the theme of the, Oh yeah. And um, it's again, it goes back year to, so far. I think things we, we both touch on this is it's contagious. Defense is contagious. One yeah. guy like that can't change everything, but he can really get the ball rolling and he's definitely well, gotten the ball. Yeah. Rolling. Well, you know what? And two, and I would just hope for, for these players, I know some of them don't care like what national people say, or, you know, just what people say in general, cause they're, they're getting to do what they love and they're, they're making their money. They're in the league. They're in all that. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, it has to be like embarrassing to a certain point where like all that gets talked about you like right now is just how bad you were on on defense last year. And like I you won't read an article without it being they were statistically yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the mentioned. second worst um, defense in you know, in league history. And so at, at some point, I would think that that would rub. I don't, it would rub me the wrong way. Like, yeah, you'd get annoyed. Like, hell no. Um, which I like that they then, you know, said that they're going for it with the, you know, the top 15. Like, if that's really your goal, then you have to bust ass t- to get that because that's not going to be easy. Um, so, I mean, in another sense, I, I kind of like that storyline if, if that's able to play out. Um, but again, time will tell there. But to me, the fact that they're even like, I don't know, making it a thing, I guess. And it's not like, let's just be better. Like, like, no, we're legitimately trying to be a top half of the, you know, top half of the league defense. So you you can silence Um, the noise as as much as you can, or as much as you want or pretend like you are, it'll eventually creep its way. And it always does. It's hard in this modern age, of course, too, when everyone's on their phones, these guys, for sure, these players, like you're going to accidentally stumble on something that'll be like, disparaging towards your team or you even so yeah it, it's definitely hard 100%. to percent um yeah my, for me I, I would definitely say Davion too uh Tristan Thompson has been obviously very entertaining to all of a sudden kind of like fall in love with him and then totally be okay with the trade of Delon right um another situation where Kings fans were like why are you doing that which was I thought was funny after complaining about taking a, a, a guard and Davion they then complained about trading away a guard who's you know pl- who had played Davion's role last year and been like, why yeah, are you trading him I think away? it was, I think it was more so the value, like, or at least to me, it was right. more so I felt that the right had the most value out of anybody in the trade, but you know, maybe not. And maybe Tristan I undersold Tristan, like, yeah. because I admitted, like, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to him in Cleveland. Like, I know he was, he was good enough to get what $80 million extension that year. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and then last for, year in Boston, I believe for right? a big, right. And there were, I was looking up, there were articles out there about, will Cleveland retire his Jersey, you know, and That's things crazy. like this. I mean, that it's like, you know, it's yes, he wasn't some like bona fide like all star, but the guy was very serviceable and just didn't fit 
Boston's scheme last year, which we've seen plenty of guys not fix, you know, um, our scheme. So I think at that point we just kind of undersold, um, by not paying attention to them. Yeah. So Tristan, um, Davion, Doug Christie gets a lot of narrative and a lot of, um, talk this preseason, which we discussed on Friday's podcast about whether we're buying the Doug Christie effect at the very least, the effect is present. It's out there. People know of Doug Christie now on that bench and, and what he's providing in terms at the very minimum of just energy and being, you know, an icon in Sacramento history, uh, Kings history. So yeah, there, there've been a lot of good storylines. Uh, a lot of people making good names for themselves. The big storyline, I guess you could say though, Jill, the, the biggest is the lack of any negative, really bad storyline. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, guess I guess they have time. Um, no, no bad word from, you know, players adapting to the coaching staff or not liking one of the coaches or the players not liking each other. Or More so the, just the drama, right? Vivek meddling for, for some yeah. reason. Yeah. We haven't heard that. And so, the you know, might as well say that the favorite non-story of the preseason is the fact there isn't a story. That That's refreshing for once. So shifting now to uh, what the gist of this podcast is going to be about as tip-off is tomorrow in the first game of the season. I think it's Nets and Bucks is the first game on TNT. Warriors-Lakers will follow that. Very cliche NBA matchups, I should say. Uh, I get tired of the NBA always playing the same goddamn teams every time. I understand the Kings haven't done anything, but like, how many times are you going to show me the Milwaukee Bucks or the Golden State Warriors? They showed Golden State so many times two years ago when they were horrible. But just because well, they're the Warriors. Just, yeah. They but like, they, but that Curry? was also before Curry Gar. Okay. Like I understand. I, I totally get those teams going on because you're going to highlight know, I, Curry I, I, and you're going to highlight Giannis. It's some of the other teams that are getting blown out or like the Pelicans where Zion hasn't been healthy, right? For half the season. Yeah. So we ended up watching Pelican games that were designed to highlight and show off Zion. And we're watching it, highlight Brandon guys Ingram. that aren't there, right? Yeah. That, it seems Ingram's like they good. should be able to adjust based on, no, based on injuries. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that's, that's the sucky thing is. Yeah. It's usually the t- same 10 or so teams, which you got to go where the ratings are. So I don't blame them, but now this is our portion. We're going to give uh, our predictions our abbreviated broken down. We're not going to go too into it. Cause this is, a, this is something you could go on forever about predicting every little thing of the season. No, Jill and I instead are going to stick with kind of five main things here. And we can throw in a, a finals prediction if we dare. I, I didn't write one down. I, NBA is too crazy for me to do that. But we're going we're gonna to name our best team in the East this year, who we think is going to top that conference, who's going to be the best in the West, which is really tough to decide. The surprise team, and by that, Jill, just um, for context, I mean surprise in the sense that they either make the play-in or they make the playoffs outright. That's that's why they're the surprise team. Not that they just play a little bit better than we thought they would. Rookie of the year. And then the MVP award. Who's going to get the MVP? So those five are what we're going to cover in our broken down season preview for the 2021 NBA season. Jill, tip us off. Get us going. All right. So best in, best the, East. in the East. I'm still saying Nets. If yeah. you have a, a healthy Harden and a healthy Durant, um, as good as Giannis is, I, I think that 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 trumps um you even know, without Kyrie. Durant Durant and Harden yeah I mean Patty Mills is is true. good and I think he will fit true. Ex, you know right in there um and they really didn't lose anything and they just gained no. talent honestly the rookie like they Cam gained Thomas. vets I was gonna say and they drafted well like I mean I yeah you saw what they were going to be able to do when Durant just came back so I think if he stays healthy um I think I think that'll be that'll be it in the east um Unless maybe the 
unless the Sixers get somehow land their dream deal and they get Dame, like then I could yeah. see maybe them fighting for it. But as is currently, um, I I'm going with the Nets. Uh, best in the West. Um, I don't know if this will be a surprise or not. I'm kind of going with what happened last year, and I think the Jazz very well um, could take it again. And just okay. because I actually think they added more talent for the guys that they lost, um, I think they got a steal in Butler in the second round where he would have been a first-round pick without his kind of medical thing. Um, and that's Mitchell's um, uh, courtmate from, from Baylor. And uh, I think he's like, essentially he's kind of filling that backup, like guard role that, um, uh, that Nang Nang played last year and who went to the Sixers. Um, and I mean, even, even in preseason, he's like seven to 10, 20 some points, steals, rebounds, like assists. He's, he's, yeah, they're a good team. They're yeah. very deep. So I just think, and then adding Rudy Gay, I think that's an upgrade over, um, favors who had been, you know, off and on the court for a while. Uh, and then they added Whiteside. I, I think he'll do fine on a better team, similar to what he did with Portland. Yeah, so ask him to do less. Me, this kind of might be a sleeper, but I, might sure. not. But I just think a lot of people forget about the Jazz just because it's not necessarily flashy. Well, they were the number one seed last year, so it's, right, you be and, and still about didn't them. get and still didn't get talked about. Like, right, still, like people kind of still glossed over him. So I won't be won't be shocked if that um, if they shoot again. like they did that that'll um, happen again. Uh, sleeper team, just because everything I keep seeing has the Kings not even making the play in. <laughs> I'm Go going. I'm going with us well, just because I think that would be a surprise in the sense that review. um, you know, it no, is. Okay. But I was. I mean, I just saw Kings one today podcast, where they yo. said 33 wins. Like, so if they, oh yeah, if yeah, they, yeah, yeah, if they legitimately get you know close to 40, to me that's shocking people. Yeah. That's so true. as as small as that is. Uh, and they'll be talked about again, similar to how they were a couple of years ago, I, yep. you know? Uh, so that's just me putting out there the good vibes into the world. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Doing the good work. And, uh, yeah. Uh, rookie of the year. I think it'll be, um, just based on health so far and, uh, the amount of minutes he'll get I'll, I'm, I'm saying Jalen green, just because yeah. I think the the pathway is, is there for him just to, is a green light. Put up crazy numbers. Right. Like yeah. put up crazy numbers. Do whatever in you want. And uh, as we've seen, like that's right. It's it's the the box score that usually ends up getting you. Um, Unfortunately. That stuff. So, that's you know, and he's yes. really good. So again, he like it's, um, you know, and Cade is having his injury. So I just don't know like what the deal is with him. So I'm going Jalen. And then um, MVP, I'm saying Giannis, but I'm saying the sleeper uh, on that even though Durant's not even a sleeper, but I think it just depends on rest days. Like if he's not resting as much um, and the nets are just killing it. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he was. Yeah. um, If he was MVP based on how he finished the season last year. But I do think depending on how many games he plays, that will, that'll factor in. Yeah. And I mean, there's no doubt that if Durant stays on the court, especially with in that offense, he'll put up ridiculous numbers. Ridiculous so, numbers. Yeah. So Giannis, but I'll go with kind of a, you know, a sleeper of Duran in case he. Um, MVP is so hard, I feel like, to predict in the NBA. because There's, there's so, so many, many players. superstars. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really yeah. know how to choose that. So, yeah. So, Joe, you got East is the Nets. West is the Jazz. Surprise is our Kings. Uh, the rookie of the year is Jalen Green. 
more so for health because Kate Cunningham is still not on the court. They're not sure if he's even going to play opening day. I don't think he's supposed to. And then MVP is Giannis backslash uh, Kevin Durant. So pretty good list there. Similar to mine too, because I'm going to go with the Nets in the East as well. I even wrote in parentheses, duh. Uh, I, don't really know <laughs> I think I'd, that's pretty, yeah. I don't really know what I'd put. The West, I have a little bit of surprise. They've been the three seed the past two years. However, they have continuity on their side. They have Murray Denver? coming back for a second half push. He should at least be on track to come back like middle of the season to finish off the year. So yeah, Denver, I'm going to put the nuggets. They're such a I, good team. I'm and right I, there. I can totally see that. Yeah. They, and yep. we're obviously huge fans in Sacramento of Mike Malone and what he's done with that team. They have the same exact roster, if not a little bit more depth, Jeff green, They're just joined. a solid team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, and Jeff getting bones. Bones, bones has been like going Bull off Bulls. as a rookie. Hopefully going to have the leash taken off a little bit. Yep. Yep. Um, I just like to say that Jeff Green's on the team now because now we have Jeff and Jermichael Green, two players that are <laughs> identical. <true. laughs> they're not related, but they're like the same exact player. So that's cool that they have them both. So yeah, Nuggets in the West. Um, I just also think the Suns, uh, who were second last year, just behind the Jazz, they're destined. They're a really good team. And again, they're, they have lost nobody, but they're just those teams that really do yeah. so well the year before, like so well. Something's going to go wrong. I am curious to see if the the contract, you know, fail negotiation fail ends up biting maybe any kind of chemistry. You just never know. You never know. Throwing that storyline out there. Yeah. It very well could not. And he could just go crazy. But yeah, he's struggling with cash right now as the number one overall pick. He's on a, on a good lush contract at the moment, but yes, he deserves more Deandre. My surprise team. This is for sure a surprise. I just think they have a lot of good players. And if they can put it together correctly in the East, then they can make some noise. The Orlando Magic. I'm going to have yeah. them make the play in at the minimum. I can't say that they'll for sure make the playoffs. That's too bold. But they'll make the play on. They'll win 37, 38 games in this full season. I like Jamal Mosley as the coach. He's a good players coach. Young dude coming from a good system in, in Dallas where he's been under Carlisle. Obviously, they have Suggs who the Raptors probably should have taken at four. Um, although Scotty Barnes does look dope, but Jalen Suggs is a very, very good player with a great outstanding collegiate career. And then so many other Marco Fultz is going to come back from injury. I think I if know. they can just stay healthy, because that's been yeah, their that's biggest health. thing it's the health. last couple of years. Mo Bamba. Is like, all those guys have Bamba. shown flashes, right? Yeah. All the guys have shown flashes. They've just never been able to stay on the court. Yeah. And we don't know what distraction Jonathan Isaac will provide in the sure. similar Kyrie Irving situation. Thankfully he's in yeah. Florida. So that helps. But they have some good defenders too with Chuma, Chuma coming back from injury. Yeah. Like that dude's just a solid glue guy. They get Gary Harris from um, the start of the season. Same with RJ Hampton, yep. who has a lot of potential RJ Hampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wendell Carter just got an extension. He's a good player that needed, I think just get out of Chicago. Uh, so magic. I think that, and then I wrote down a couple others, just, any Eastern Conference team can, can come out of nowhere, in my opinion. Cavaliers have talent. I don't understand their roster balance. They're building like, it's like Vlade Divac is somewhere in the building making decisions because they have way too many big men. They're going to play Lowry Markinen at a small forward position, probably. Kevin Love and might what play happens with Sexton, right? Like, Sexton is, I mean, they've been try- openly trying to trade Sexton. To, yeah, because I mean, he doesn't um, fit. He's a selfish ball player and they don't like him. Other players have already come out. But he still like, did. But yeah. Still so really I mean, good. but like someone will, I think someone will end up paying to get him. Who's who's going for something. And they should have never got rid of Kevin Porter. I hate to say, but yeah, they got, they gave up on that. But like that's quick. how Sexton was coming into the league either. So it's also like not surprising that he's playing that way. Cause he was always more of a Ball scoring, scoring, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like that scoring point guard slash 
shooting guard. Like he wasn't that big distributor, like, so which Garland is. So to me, it's, I don't know. I, I, just, I always yeah. thought that they kind of paired well and they're kind of I'm forcing a, something that doesn't necessarily. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the coach either. I don't really know what JB Biggerstaff, he comes from a good coaching family. I understand that, but he hasn't done anything in the time that he's had a chance to coach to really make me sold on him or believe in him as like, I would maybe some young up and coming coach or younger. Cause he's pretty young, but we'll say, you know, starting lineup for the Cavs of Sexton Garland, Isaac Okora, who's a fantastic all ball defender on ball defender. And then Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. There's a lot of, a lot of young talent and potential in that starting five, how it mixes together with two centers on the court, two point guards on the court and an undersized small forward in a Coro. I have no idea, which is why I, I won't circle them in as my surprise, but they have potential. Spent too much time to talk about the caps. I became a, became a Cavs podcast there for a second. Rookie of the year, Cade Cunningham. He might miss some, some games in the beginning. It's a long season. They're going to take their time with him. They're going to be overly optimistic. Uh, that's what happens when you're dealing with the number one overall pick and you're dealing with a team like Detroit where, you know, they don't have any expectations. They don't have a whole lot of, well, I mean, they have good young talent, but you don't know who's for sure, you know, part of the long-term plan under Dwayne Casey. So Cade, I feel like is a safe bet. You can almost always bet the number one overall pick will be rookie of the year. I think you'll get it right more often than not. And then the MVP, like we just touched on, there's so many good players to choose from. The odds favorite right now is Luka Doncic. And I'm going to go with that. Luca and Jason Kidd system, which I say system kind of in quotes. I don't even know what, what, what Jason Kidd runs. I'm not a huge fan of him as a head coach. However, I do believe he'll give him whatever, like complete autonomy. Like Luca, this is your offense. We roll through you. Not that Rick Carlisle didn't do that, but Rick Carlisle is an old school coach with his ways. So I'm sure he kind of, in some way, maybe reeled Luca in to adapt to what he wanted. Jason Kidd, screw it. Nah, he's not going to do that he's going to tell Luca well, he was hired want. to not do that. I mean, exactly. So, and that's yeah. also the underlying theme. There's uh, underlying uh, stories. He, that's why they brought him in. Like, just let him go. So, yeah, I think Luca's going to go off this year. So Luca's my MVP and those are nets. So nets, nug, nuggets, magic, Kate Cunningham, and Luca Doncic kind of on par with you, Jill, but it's going to be uh, definitely a wild season, especially. Yeah. In, in these conferences where there are a lot of good teams and the East has better teams this year, in my opinion, or teams that can surprise. Oh yeah. And I, watching, did you watch any of the, the Bucks preseason games at all? Have you they seen anything? Then they have like a million like, people from Greece playing. I, I, I'm just, they I, had a bunch but, of random European players. Um, But like Giannis was like shooting a clean three ball. Like, I, I mean, if, if they, he added that to his game consistently, I'd game over i yeah watch out like it's i i don't know how you uh how you compete with that but he he was i mean i supposedly he changed his form or was you know altering his form uh over the summer and if he truly did and it looks like that and it's going in yeah like good you said him. good night yeah i mean <laughs> so the guy constantly I, you know, puts I hope, right and that's like the one thing that he still gets dogged on for so like i would love for him to just see like him to do it and just be like what yeah i mean now what I love it. now yeah. what what's the what next do do? part <laughs> what do you do how are you going to guard what's us next? middleton and lopez and god that the whole league would be screwed if that happens we'd be getting dvv back yeah dead. um yeah it'll be interesting but yeah if he's added that part to the game yeah we'll it's... see if ben simmons just because we have to every episode mention ben simmons at least once ben simmons walking out of practice today 
after uh doesn't look like he even gave a shit was practicing with sweatpants and his phone his, in his cell pocket. phone in his pocket <laughs> waiting, waiting to get the call that he can leave um uh, yeah we'll see if ben simmons whenever he's on the court also potentially has improved his three because he's yeah. made it very clear he's been working on it um so people could hopefully stop bothering him about it of course they're not going to it's philadelphia you're in the shitter now dude you're not getting out of there anytime soon so yeah those are our uh broken down shortened season previews i know jill and i could go on a little bit longer about that we do have high hopes for the Kings, of course, as you guys have noticed from these past couple podcasts, Jill's making them her surprise team. I just said earlier that I think the Kings could definitely win 42 to 44 games and absolutely be in the play-in discussion, or in that case, they would be in the play-in. So we have a game on Wednesday, Jill. This is how we're going to wrap it up. We, we, we have the first game on Wednesday in Portland, 7 o'clock. It is, I mean, this is a little bit of, I'm overreacting here, I know. It's huge that they start with a win. They, they need to start out with a W because their first five games are hell. It, it's at yeah. Portland. Then or you at play- least start showing your identity. Right. I mean, right? Because if even if you don't beat all of these playoff teams, like yeah. then you're going to beat the ones that aren't. And that's always kind of been our problem too. Like you, we sprinkle in the wins against people we're not supposed to. And they get demolished yeah, by Then bad we teams. don't win against the people we're supposed to. So, yeah. So if hundred percent, I'm with you on like going out there, setting the tone, get the win. But if the off chance, not like, but show me the new identity that, that they're talking about, right? Like right. that it's show me um, something's and make it consistent. Something's yeah. Cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's blazers at home for two against the jazz best team in the West and the remade warriors. And then on the road against the Suns, Western conference champions, the Pelicans, who we don't really know what they're going to look like, but they obviously have a ton of skill. Willie Green's uh, now the coach. And then they're in Dallas to play the Mavericks. That's your first six yeah. games. Three, excuse me, four road yeah. games, two home games, back-to-back home games. And then you, after that first six, you go right back on the road. So you have four straight road games, I should say, against the Jazz. That's a middle finger from the NBA to start the yeah. season. That's going to be <laughs> tough. That They're but like, I good think, luck. Yeah. I think this is a good opportunity, though, at least based on – um the very last uh, preseason game that Portland had, they were interviewing Chauncey and his hot, his hot quote of, of that night was right. Yes, man. Uh, I, I guess we're farther away as a and team than, than I thought we were. Yeah, like, than I thought, than we, I thought we had or something like, yeah, so, like come, that's not our right mentality there. right now. Like, so if that's truly the mindset that's going on there right now, ago. like go hop on that. Right. Yeah, like that's definitely. You have the yes. co- crazy to say in terms of who's been in the building, they have slightly more continuity in this first game than the, than the Blazers. Surprisingly, Surprisingly it's, it blows my mind that I could say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, coaching staff's intact and then most of the key guys are still there and the Blazers don't have a very deep bench. So the Kings may be able to exploit that if they run them up and down the court. So first game on Wednesday and because it's on Wednesday and it's later on Wednesday and I have a very early bedtime, we're instead going to do a, Thursday podcast instead of Wednesday. That way we can review the game, talk about what we saw, and then segue it into the next game against the Suns. So Thursday's when we'll be back here on uh, on the Hoop Ball Sacramento Kings podcast to talk about our beloved Kings. Hope you guys join us Friday. We should have another guest or maybe a couple. I'm not quite sure what we have in the works just yet. We'll tease it. But other than that, Jill, anything else? No, just... Go Kings. Like let's yeah, that's let's, let's get the party started, right? Let's let's get that first win and let's get rolling on this season. We're excited. All right. Thanks guys for listening on this Monday. 
We'll see you on Thursday. Slater, dudes. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.